This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also listen to on the web at CortezCurrents.ca. This story was originally broadcast in November 2021. We're experiencing a wetter-than-normal spring this year, but the area's underlying water problems will continue. Quadra Island's groundwater appears to be disappearing. We need to figure out how to find out where it's going, how much we have that we don't know about, and then figure out how we can make sure that not only the people on Quadra, but the environment and the businesses get what they need. So it's, it's a, a Herculean task. And I think the first part that's really difficult is to make people aware that we even have a problem. Said Jude McCormick, the leader of Quadra ICANN's water security team. We came to Quadra in 2005. And so the 15 to 16 years that we've been here, we've noticed a really huge change. And that's a really short period of time. So to me, it's really scary because all of our power and our domestic water come from water right around us. And if it's disappearing, I can only imagine what's happening on the rest of the island. As this is going to be the first of a series of interviews with the water security team, it's probably best to introduce them before asking the obvious question, How do they know this? Cortez Currents asked the team members to say a little bit about themselves, starting with Mike Gull. My history certainly isn't involved in any of this other than my own personal desire to be a bit of an activist, and I've been doing that for the past 30, 40 years in different roles. I've lived on the island for 13 years now, and I'm passionate about water and developing it in such a way that it's sustainable. Live on a small scale farm where we're able to grow 70% of our own food. We use water resources directly from the island without affecting any of our neighbors and things like that. And then second to that, I'm very passionate about fire protection. I was a fire captain on the Quarter Island Fire Department and I'm the local area FireSmart representative. And I'm developing some sprinkler protection system technology for homes to help people fight the eventuality that their home may be surrounded by a fire and new ways to protect people's properties. So lots of fun. Jude McCormick was next. I don't have any particular background in water use, but I have been using it for over 70 years. My interest in being on Quadra specifically was to be off the grid and using water as our main source of electricity. My background is in nursing and I came from California. So I lived through a seven year drought in California where literally we had one day of rain in that whole time. So the conservation of using every ounce of water, saving everything from the shower, not just letting things go down the drain, walking the buckets of water to your garden. I know how difficult it is. And I also know how people will not give up the idea of a green lawn. Even in the seven-year drought, people were literally painting dirt green so that they had green around their house. The other part of the water thing is that I tried to license our water when we first got here. And 
after years and years and years of it not going anywhere, I still don't know what's going on with it, but it's not easy working with the government. And so part of what I want to, to do is to really partner with them and really let them know that we're allies and that we know what we're doing. Bernie Emil said. I'm original training as a landscape architect. And for the past 25 years, I've been specialized in natural water treatment methods. And I've got a couple of projects that are research projects in biofiltration methods to uh, improve water quality. And I hold three different patents in that area of so non-chemical, you know, natural-based uh, water treatment methods for surface waters. So I call myself an environmental designer because that, that kind of fits with what I'm bringing to the world. I'm here on Quadra as a retirement place, and uh, so I don't do professional practice here. But soon after moving to Quadra, I saw the the obvious effects of the change in the climate and the sensitivity of the shallow aquifers on any of these islands. And so I want to be of service to help the community deal with that as it it becomes a, a more pressing reality. I currently have a research site that is ongoing in, in Okotoks, Alberta, where we are cleaning up stormwater from an industrial area and then feeding it into a riparian forest, like a, a streamside forest. And it's a very successful. It's, it's um, essentially completely stopped any discharge of any of this surface water directly to the river. And so now that it's completely cleaned up by a relatively small piece of forest. And we've got a lot of, of scientific evidence of how well that's working. So it's a model that could be repeated in many, many places. Chris Wellstein said, I'm a graduated social worker. I'm a professional equestrian trainer and coach. I've always been a farmer. I continue to be a farmer, a lot of gardening. I am extremely environmentalist. I am extremely community involved and concerned. I think that I'm personally very pattern aware. I notice patterns a lot, always have my whole life see four leaf clovers, collected butterflies, you know, whatever. I see the changes that are happening and I'm deeply affected by them. I happen to think that Quadra and this area is a little bit of heaven and my personal philosophy is to do everything I can for my backyard. And I am learning as I go as an eight-year member and now chairperson of the Quadra Island Conservancy and Stewardship Society, and uh, just want to be as helpful as I can. This is Jude. I want to promote Chris's research. She's doing a Friday. What, what is it? What are you calling it, Chris, for future Fridays? Fridays for the future? Well, for a couple of years, I was doing a table out 
in front of the post office in Kwiatkowski uh, Fridays for the future information table about all topics that might get raised on Quadra. Um, there were people on the island already who'd been starting to bring water tanks over and I picked that up and started to do that as well and making those available, but also supplying information about the change in legislation where you need to register and license your well for commercial enterprise and just making all kinds of information available. And so I'll be out there on Fridays, probably still Fridays, two to four, with a geological map of Quadra. And if people want to mark their well on that map and start to give me personal information about their well, then we can start to compile some information, anecdotal information about uh, the water on our, in our community. After our interview, I was informed that there are more people in Quadra ICANN's water security team, but these are the four that appear in this series of stories. They share the belief that Quadra Island's groundwater is disappearing. So I asked, how do you know this? My name is Chris Wellstein. And I think I've been on the island quite a bit longer than anybody else on our team. I used to be up at Bold Point, which was a different kind of soil, but certainly I never had to water during the summer. I'm now down at the south end of the island. And when I arrived here on this property about 10 or 11 years ago, it was a lush lawn. Very little watering was needed on any of the bits of garden that were here. And now there is no lawn in the summer. It's just brown. The cedar trees are all flagged this year. Last year, all the fir trees were flagged. I've never seen that before. And some of the smaller ones haven't survived at all. I've been getting swallows come and stay in the swallow box for as far back as I can remember. And the old fellow who had the swallow box on the old shed there obviously entertained them with homemade boxes through the years. And last year when that heat dome hit, it killed off the baby swallows in their nest just before they um, left the nest. Bernie Amell lives in Cape Mudge. I have a... 64-acre area of land in the south end of the island, and it's quite clear that at one time it, uh, there was quite a number of cedar on this from the ancient stumps. In the 64 acres, there's exactly two cedars, and no young cedars. And there's a lot of terrain with deep organic soils and, and you know, shallow um, groundwater, it, it should support cedars, right, it, in, in other places. So now there are other cedars on this island that are quite healthy in the kind of deeper hollows near the near streams and where there's a good groundwater emergence. But, but there's other areas like ours where these the species of the forest are obviously shifting. And I mean, that's a better record than year-to-year climate it's to see how the species composition is changing over time it's kind of a cumulative impact that shows a long-term trend so um, 
I'm seeing a lot of stress in the Sitka spruce as well on, on our property. A lot of the excessive cone bearing and that sort of thing that shows uh, vegetation stress. That's Mike here. One other thing that we can say with some empirical data backing it is that there is a test well, a government run test well that's located uh, near the central portion of the South Island at the uh, corners of Harry Bay Road and Smith Road. And am I right in saying, Bernie, there's about 12 years worth of data there? Yes. Yeah. And uh, when you look at that, Roy, what it appears to be is that the aquifers that they're monitoring are in decline over that 12-year period. So there's a recharge process during the winter and then a, a draining process during the dry summer months. But if you look at the totality of the graph, it's on a gradual sloping decline averaged out across all those years. And it hasn't changed. That rate of decline remains consistent. So if you look at the total aquifer charge from the beginning of when the chart starts to where the chart now ends at 2020, it's a significant variance from where it was at its high point to its low point. And there's no change in that trajectory whatsoever. This is Jude, and we bought the property where we live now because of the potential for microhydro. And we put in a system, and the first few years that we were here, we had year-round power, except for the very end of August and to about mid-September, and then the rains would come back. Last year, we had microhydro for about two months. So that's a huge change. Our domestic water has stayed pretty steady. We haven't lost any of that. We just noticed a much lower pressure. So the showers are not as refreshing. But yeah, that's the uh, definitive information that we have just from our property. You've been listening to Jude McCormick, Bernie Amell, Mike Gall, and Chris Wallstein from Quadra ICANN's water security team explain how they know Quadra Island's groundwater is disappearing. The next broadcast in this series will be about registering your well.